The Tigers play bad defense and get some iffy pitching, but they set new season highs in hits and runs as they come from behind multiple times to win 9-7 and break their five-game losing streak. I'll break that down and preview the rest of the games for this weekend series against the White Sox and try to find a little perspective on today's Locked On Tigers podcast. It is Friday, April 19th, 2019, and I am your host, Chris Brown. And as always, I ask you to please download, rate, and review Locked On Tigers on your favorite podcasting platforms like iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and of course Himalaya. And if you have a car with smart devices in it, go ahead and tell them to play podcast Locked On Tigers. So, a little pregame news before we get into the recap of a wild contest. Uh, Kristen Stewart, he came out of Wednesday's game late after getting his cleats caught in the dirt while catching a fly ball. And he tested his quad yesterday and turned out it wasn't so good, so they put him on the 10-day injured list. To replace him, the Tigers brought up Brandon Dixon from Toledo. Who is Brandon Dixon, you ask? Well, he's a 27-year-old utility man the Tigers claimed off waivers from the Reds last November. A third-round pick of the Dodgers back in 2013 out of the University of Arizona. He was traded to the Reds in 2015 and finally made his way to the majors last year. He actually played in about 75 games for the Reds, but only about 120 at-bats. And he did hit five home runs, but he batted just 178 and struck out 35% of the time. It's funny, he was actually worth more to the Reds last year by war as a pitcher because he apparently got into two different games, I presume blowouts last year, and retired all four batters he faced, including getting a strikeout. So, in any event, he basically reproduced last year's hitting performance in spring training this year. He hit 190 with two homers and 37 at-bats, but struck out 34% of the time. And he's off to an even worse start in Toledo this year, batting 174 with 16 strikeouts and no walks and one homer and 46 at-bats. So why did they call him up? Uh, well, they clearly don't want to add Daz Cameron or, or Jake Robson or Danny Woodrow for that matter, to their 40-man roster, and they don't want to bring back Mikey Matok already, apparently. And I guess they'd feel bad about calling Victor Reyes up and then not playing him every day. But that's not a concern with fodder like Dixon. So he's the winner by virtue of being bad and being available. So hooray for baseball. Uh, Anyway, before I run down today's action, I just want to send a big thank you to Rachel, who not only asks great questions for the show, I've answered several of them, but yesterday she actually bought me lunch. So for that, Rachel gets the inaugural Blue Chew Helping Hand Award. Thanks for pulling for me, Rachel. So the game gets off to a pretty nondescript start, but then it becomes this wild back-and-forth contest. So I'm going to switch it up, and instead of splitting the game into one segment about pitching and then one about hitting, I'm just going to go back and forth because that's the way the game went. So Tyson Ross is starting for the Tigers. He gets a nice 1-2-3 first inning on nine pitches. Ivan Nova starts for the White Sox. He gets Josh Harrison with a weak pop-out, strikes out Nick Castellanos, but then gives up a classic Adam Everett double to Miguel Cabrera on his birthday. And an Adam Everett double is a ground ball over third base that goes into left field, and that's what he did. But then Nico Goodrum strikes out chasing a pitch up and away right after they showed a graphic that said that he had the second lowest chase rate on high pitches this year, so good for him. That's like the baseball equivalent of talking about a basketball player who hasn't missed a free throw. But Ross comes right back out, gets three quick outs and 11 pitches, and the second inning, the Tigers come out two quick outs for the Tigers, but then Gordon Beckham gets a hard ground ball infield single, and Grayson Griner, one of the worst hitters in the lineup so far this year, turns on a 90-mile-an-hour fastball and laces it down the left field line for an RBI double. So the Tigers up one nothing. Uh, Ross back out there for the third, two quick outs, so it's eight up and eight down, but then he gives up a line drive single to center field, ending his perfect game bid, but then he gets another ground out. So it's quick head to the third for the Tigers. Nick Castellanos with a one-out double, but then... Cabrera and Nico Goodrum both ground out on the first pitch. So that ends that threat. In the fourth inning, you see Ross gets a, a hard line drive from Yon Makata, who's really hitting the ball super hard. He had the hardest hit of the game at like 113 miles an hour. But 
Nick Castellanos showing some of that improved outfield defense slid and caught it. And then two more weak outs. So Ross is really cruising through their first four innings. And then here we are in the fourth inning. The Tigers start off with two quick outs, a Jamer Candelaria foul out and a Dustin Peterson ground out. And then Beckham with a hard single again, starting those rallies. Then he steals second. And then Grayson Griner with a weak floater to right field for an RBI. I think it may have been one of the weakest hit balls of the game, but he put it in the right spot. So Tigers up 2 nothing. And this is... Ross starts to get a little shaky in the fifth inning. He gets a strikeout of Eloy Jimenez, who's one of the top prospects in baseball, but then he gives up three consecutive hits. A single to Tim Anderson, a single to Wellington Castillo, the catcher, and then a single to Yolmer Sanchez, and all three of them were on pitches that were thrown away and then hit the other way. So that makes it 2-1, to one, but Ross does get out of that with a couple uh, of of easy outs afterward. And for their part, the Tigers go out pretty quickly in the fifth. Uh, another weak fly out from Josh Harrison. A bloop single from Castellanos, but then Cabrera grounds into a double play. And then things just kind of go completely off the rails. This is when I think 14 of the, the runs were scored, or, or 13. So the sixth inning begins with a strikeout of Yohan Makata and then a Jose Abreu deep fly ball. So Ross is, get the two outs, and then Nico Gooder misplays a hard ground ball to first base for an error. He got backed up well by Josh Harrison, but the runner was still safe. Then Eloy Jimenez, who I was talking about being a top prospect, hits an opposite field home run to put the White Sox up 3-2. So that, that was a really costly mistake from Nico. And then Tim Anderson hits a single, and he steals second. And then Grayson Griner throws the ball away into center field, so Anderson runs the third. And then a weak grounder to Gordon Beckham at shortstop gets misplayed, and that makes it 4-2. to two. So three errors in one inning, all with two outs, leads to three runs. Really, really ugly. But the Tigers... Fight right back. Nico Goodrum makes up for it with a single, and then Jamer Candelario hits a single, and then a wild pitch makes it 4-3, to three. so just like that. And then Dustin Peterson hits a line single, and it's tied at four, although Peterson is then thrown out in between first and second. And that's basically it for that inning. So you head back to the seventh. Tyson Ross still out there with the game tied at four. They said on the broadcast maybe Gardenhire was trying to get him the win, which is, of course, very silly. And Ross gives up a home run. <laughs> immediately on a hanging slider right over the heart of the plate and it's 5-4 White Sox so then he comes out of the game overall six innings seven hits five runs only two of them earned no walks only two strikeouts you know about twice as many ground balls as flyouts just five swings and misses so he wasn't you know he didn't have his best stuff and there were a lot of hard hit balls 11 out of the 24 balls in play were hit hard so it was probably actually his worst outing but he certainly didn't get much help from his defense so then Blaine Hardy comes in and gets gets three outs and Tigers are down 5-4 but what do you know? They come back again. Jacoby Jones leads off the inning by getting hit by a pitch, and then Nick Castellanos hits an RBI double and moves to third on the throw, and that's it for Ivanova. Six and one-third innings, 11 hits, and six run runs. Both managers left their starters in too long. So then Kelvin Herrera comes in, and Miguel Cabrera gets an RBI single on a liner to center on his birthday to make it 6-5, and then Nico Goodrum hits a deep double to left field, and they intentionally walk Jamer Candelario to load the bases, and then Dustin Peterson hits a hard line drive, and it's right to Tim Anderson at shortstop, but he kind of misplays a little bit. It bounces off the bottom of his glove, so the runners all had to freeze on the line drive, and then Anderson throws to second to get the force out there instead of home, where he would have gotten the force out and prevented a run. So they get the force out at second, but Cabrera scores, and now it's 7-5. So, like I said, it's been wild at this point, and it, it keeps happening. In the eighth inning... Blaine Hardy's still out there. He gives up a Yonder Alonso double to start the inning. So they bring in Victor Alcantara, and he he gets a a deep fly ball to Eloy Jimenez, who just missed hitting another home run. But then he hangs the slider. That's Alcantara's third best pitch. He's really a sinker, changeup guy. Hangs the slider, and Wellington Castillo absolutely murders it for a two-run home run, and we're tied at seven. And he gives up a walk and a hard grounder off his leg, so they pull him out, and Verhagen comes in. 
There's a nice stop on a hard ground ball by Jamer Candelario, but the throw's in the dirt. Nico Goodrum can't take it out, so that's error number four for the game. But then Verhagen was able to get a strikeout swinging with the bases loaded to end the threat. And here we go again with the Tigers coming back. I mean, it's tied at seven, but they come back. Grayson Griner leads off with a bloop single, and they left him in instead of replacing him for a pinch runner. We talked about that the other day. They don't like to pinch run for catchers in late games because they're worried about the backup getting hurt. So they leave him, and they try to sacrifice bunt with Jacoby Jones, but that doesn't work. He gets down uh, two strikes, and then he gets hit. So then there's men on first and second with nobody out, and they try another sack bunt, this time with Josh Harrison, and he gets hit. So the bases are loaded with nobody out, and, uh, you know, Nick Castellanos and Miguel Cabrera both put up professional at-bats, hit deep fly balls to get sacrifice flies, and the Tigers are up 9-7. to seven. And then so Shane Gearing comes in, gets a ground out to shortstop, a deep fly ball, he walks Eloy Jimenez on a great at bat. It really looks like Eloy Jimenez is going to be trouble for the Tigers in the future. But then Tim Anderson pops up to a scrambling Nico Goodrum in foul territory, and that's it. The Tigers win 9-7 in a sloppy, wild affair filled with mistakes, but the Tigers came out on top. And speaking of coming out on top on a sloppy, wild affair filled with mistakes, let's talk about sex. Good sex. None of that mechanical, the kids are in the other room stuff. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in the bedroom. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day and night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra performance in the bedroom. BlueChew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor's visit, no talking to a pharmacist, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since BlueChew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code MLB. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code MLB, to try it free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. So how about a quick preview of today's game and the other two matchups this weekend? So today it's going to be Zimmerman for the Tigers coming off two bad starts, and these White Sox players have had a lot of history of damage against him. Uh, Jose Abreu is 10 for 23 with two homers. Yonder Alonso is 7 for 18 with four homers. Tim Anderson has four doubles against him. He's been able to handle Moncada so far, but Moncada seems like a different hitter this year. So, yeah, Zimmerman's going to need to be really sharp to avoid getting bombed by these guys. And the Tigers get Carlos Rodon, who was the number three overall pick back in 2014, and he's never quite lived up to that pedigree, but he's been a solid pitcher when he's healthy. He struggled with some control early in his career, and then he had some shoulder issues, but he's been pretty good so far this year. And when he's on, it's a, it's a low 90s fastball and a really good slider. And the slider's his main weapon, but his changeup has also been pretty good this year. He's got 29 strikeouts in 22 innings, I think, so far. So, you know, Nick Castellanos and Cabrera have some good numbers against him in his career, but if the changeup has taken a step forward, then he may be able to nullify that. So uh, this one might be tough for the Tigers to win. We'll see. Saturday's game is Daniel Norris making his first start of the season, and he hasn't been great out of the bullpen. The results have been okay, but a lot of hard-hit balls. He has the second-highest barrel rate among all pitchers in baseball this year. Very high hard-hit rate and average exit velocity, too. So he's been pretty fortunate thus far. But maybe he can settle down a bit now that he seems to finally have a set role as a starter. He's not bouncing back and forth, at least for now. And Norris also has a history of struggling the second or third time he faces batters. So second or third time in the order. But that might not be an issue in this game because I think he's being held to about 70 pitches. But he has had success against these White Sox hitters in small sample sizes with Alonzo, the only one who's ever done anything against him, really. The Tigers get Irvin Santana, who is the old veteran they've seen 
plenty of times, but he's been awful at two starts so far this year. Ten runs on 13 hits and six walks with just four strikeouts in eight and two-thirds innings. Uh, Castellanos has huge numbers against him, and Miggy and Beckham have good numbers against him. So this seems like a good chance for a high-scoring game. Uh, this could be a wild affair. And then finally on Sunday, the finale is Reynaldo Lopez against Matt Boyd. Now, obviously, Matthew Boyd has been lights out this year. Abreu and Anderson, they have strong numbers against him in the past, but it really seems like Boyd is a new pitcher this year, so I don't know how much we can put into that. Now, Lopez, for his part, for the White Sox, has a really big fastball. It was 95.5 miles an hour last year. It's down a little bit this year, but it's early. But he doesn't strike many people out. It's it's kind of a low-spin fastball, and his slider is, is really pretty bad. His changeup's a solid weapon, but he doesn't seem to throw that a ton. He's, he's just more of a thrower than a pitcher still. Uh, lots of walks this year. He's got 14 and 19 games, and he's already given up seven homers. So this is another chance, I think, where the Tigers could really pull one out if they're patient and, and wait for their pitch to drive. Of course, they haven't hit many home runs this year, so but we'll see. It seems like a series the Tigers can win. And uh, with all this you know, negative talk lately, the five-game losing streak that they snapped finally, uh, Rachel at lunch, she asked me to go ahead and take a look at who was worst at the Tigers, because we know that they're not the absolute worst. So I decided I'd do that. So there are some teams with a worse offense than the Tigers this year so far. The Rockies, Indians, Giants, and Marlins all have lower team OPSs than the Tigers somehow. Uh, you know, the Tigers are in that bottom group that are pretty far separated from the rest of baseball, but hey, those, those teams are worse. Uh, the Tigers are 500 at 9-9. Nine and nine. There are 12 teams with worse records right now, including the Yankees, Red Sox, Angels, and Cubs. So in their faces, collectively. Uh, only five teams have allowed fewer runs so far than the Tigers. The Tigers pitching has been good. The Indians, the Reds, the Astros, the Pirates, and the Rays are the only teams with better pitching so far. And you know what? For all the talk of the horrible outfield defense, there are three teams so far this year with worse outfield defenses than the Tigers, according to StatCast. The Dodgers, Yankees, and Mariners. So it's not the worst ever. But I don't know if I'm allowed to end on a not-down note. So I have this other question from Scott, and he said, who's the worst player the Tigers have ever rostered for a full season? And I just thought this was kind of fun to look at real quick. And there are a lot of different ways to consider it, so I just I kind of split it up by offense, defense, and pitching. And I set the filter for offensive players to 400 plate appearances. So by Fangraph's war, the worst season ever came from Jerry Morales in 1979 with negative 2.4 war. Uh, Morales managed to produce a negative career war, uh, but managed to play for 15 years, so good for him. Uh, if we go strictly by offensive output, the worst offensive year ever for the Tigers player was Skeeter Webb in 1945, who managed to hit 199 with zero home runs in 118 games. He must have been a great defender. The worst defensive season ever, according to Fangraphs, was Dimitri Young in 2003, which is a shame because he was really good offensively that year. And if we switch to pitching, the worst war for a starter with at least 100 innings was Jeff Robinson in 1990 with negative 0.8, which really doesn't seem all that bad. But I guess it's, it's hard to rack up a lot of negative war as a starter. You get credit just for going out there. But he was one spot below the great Lil Stoner, which is the most suburban white middle school rap name ever for a baseball player. If you go by ERA, it was Mike Moore, who managed a 7.53 ERA in 132 innings in 1995. And by fielding independent pitching, he was actually worse the year before. And finally, if you go look at relievers, with at least 30 innings pitched in a season, the worst season ever was John Hiller in 1979 with a negative 1.6 war. But if you go by ERA, it was Mike Christopher in his 9.30 ERA in 30 innings in 1996. Yikes. So yeah, like I said, can't end on a high note. But I appreciate everyone for listening this week, and it's just been fun. I think I've been doing this for a month now. So hopefully you guys enjoy the show. I really appreciate any kind of feedback I get, whether it's about the content or the sound quality or anything. So send that over to me, either on Twitter at LockdownTigers or at ChrisBrown0914 or at Gmail at LockdownTigers.gmail.com. And yeah, I hope everyone has a good weekend. See your family. Stay safe. And I'll be back on Monday to break down the weekend's game. So have a good one.